Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? It's Mike here. Thursday, right around one o'clock. And uh, wanted to take a little break from some research that I'm doing, getting ready, putting some uh, paragraphs and some finishing touches together for the fighter's guide to brain function and cognition, I think I might call it. I'm probably going to say just brain performance in general. Um, and it's basically, it started with me breaking down the Audible book that I started last month, uh, Memory Rescue. And I just thought there was great information in there. In the beginning, originally I was doing it again because I wanted to get a better understanding of Alzheimer's, dementia, and more of an impact for the elderly community. Um, but honestly, the book's been really helpful for just overall insight into the brain, uh, nutrition, where that ties in, exercise, and a whole bunch of other factors, whether it's mood, energy, in general performance, and then obviously we still look at dementia and Alzheimer's and age and the elderly community and, and where all that plays in as well. But I thought there was a lot to be shared there and a lot of information that could be great for obviously uh, anyone that's concerned about health, but specifically uh, even our athletes and fighters, anyone that's taking any kind of uh, head impact or trauma or concussions or anything like that, there's a lot of uh, helpful resources and tools. So I'm just kind of breaking that down. Um, guys, I'm really excited, honestly, for this fighter's guide because, A, the cool thing with Memory Rescue, Memory Rescue is they have a quiz that you can take on one of their websites, which I've uh, linked to in past podcasts. I'll link to it below, and it'll also be a link in the fighter's guide. And also, I'm going to share my own personal uh, results as well as the tips they gave me um, and I, I'm going to kind of recommend to you guys to do the same thing regardless. Like I'm 30, you know, obviously this isn't the age that you necessarily think about any kind of brain, uh, cognition or performance problems, but especially a, as a fighter, there's obviously, uh, kind of added benefit to being aware of it now because of getting hit, you know, regardless of what level, you know what I mean? Anyone that's even sparring, I think should be kind of just aware of it and monitoring. Um, again, these quizzes are to be a resource where it's not going to, it's not supposed to, in my opinion, scare us or, or scare you or whoever's going to do it. But again, it's another tool. It's data to track. And if you're not uh, tracking the data, how do you really know what's being changed? You could be subjective, sure. And that's where I think what, what an interesting point that um, Dr. I'm going to, I think I might butcher his name. It's Dr. Daniel Amon or Amon. I'm not sure I, I'm horrible with pronunciation, but he's uh, one of the authors of Memory Rescue, but he was giving a TED Talk and discussing, A, first off, him and his colleagues and his uh, clinic has done 83,000 brain scans, so they have a lot of data to collect, and one thing that I thought was interesting, a point that he brought up, was psychiatrists and psychologists 
or let's just say psychiatrists because we're talking about doctors at this point. They're the only category of specialists and doctors that don't actually look at a scan to evaluate their patient. Or at least that was the point at a certain point. Now there's obviously psychiatrists that are going to be looking at brain scans and making it in, but it's not a standard practice, I don't believe. Again, I'm not a psychiatrist, uh, nor have I gone to med school, but this is the point that he was bringing up, and I thought that was really interesting because if you think about it, you know, if you're going to go to uh, heart pulmonary, if you're going to go into even any kind of orthopedic, like wherever there's some kind of problem medically, we're going to try and get a scan of it or, or collect as much data on it as possible. But for psychiatry, because a lot of it we associate with mental health, it's subjective or it's how you're feeling, it's emotions, that there's not hard evidence. But what we're seeing is in brain scans that there's potential areas of the brain, whether it's in gray matter or just parts of different areas of the brain, the hippocampus, for example, if they're smaller, larger, or spots or different areas, there's indications of potential, not just emotional issues where, let's say, depression and all that, but there's actual physical causes related to it that could be related to sports, could be related to a car accident, it could be related to a fall. The more we know and the more these scans happen, the better. So even just answering quizzes and checking, like the NFL does it, but you know, obviously, I think as time goes by, we're seeing they're not doing the best job of really tracking and properly, even if they're tracking it and they're aware of it, they're just not implementing healthy precautions and protocols. But I thought it was really interesting. So again, I'm, I'm excited to share all this knowledge with you guys, but that's kind of what I've been up to early. Um, let's see, I went for a walk before I already got my kickboxing. I figured before I jump into work and get, I knew I was going to get like kind of really, really entangled in all of this research and information. I wanted to get my morning workout out of the way real early. Um, did the walk, did my kickboxing, was working on some nice new techniques. I'm ex- not really when I say new, just what I like to do is, without giving away too many craziness or going to too much you know, tangents here, is um, I like to look at one thing. Now, what I mean by that one thing is it could be movement. It could be uh, fluid combos. It could be working the body. It could be changing it up between body and head. It could just be a kick or it could be a specific combo that's being set up. But I have a focus of one particular thing when I'm going into training. I have that intention. And that's something I've talked to to Eric about, uh, especially while we were in Thailand, is having a plan going into practice. Obviously, you're going to respect the coaches and what they have planned for the day. But you also, I believe, um, if I'm not going into a scheduled or structured class, like if I'm just doing my own work too, getting in extra work, I have an intention of that workout of I want to work on X, Y, or Z. So today I was working on some footwork, movement, mobility, and also some nice little combos for different spinning attacks. Um, and I, I got to give a random shout out again, talking to uh, Pascal the other night. And we were just kind of like so recapping a couple things, going over some business, but also just... I remember when we were in Thailand, before his title fight, his fight was in November, and this was maybe September or August, and you know, I was just kind of talking to him about, he had a busy end of the year. He was, I think he fought September, October, November, and he fought September was a King's Cup quarterfinal, which is, the King's Cup's a huge tournament in Thailand, obviously it's for the King, so it's, it's massive, and he's won it. Uh, last uh, yeah, it was last year. So obviously, that's a huge deal for him to be in the quarterfinals and and make it to the finals and ultimately win it, which I I know he will. And I think it's at the semifinals now. I forgot where they're at in the tournament now. Anyway, so yeah, that September, then in October, had a glory fight, and there was some little drama going on with that. Um, won that fight by decision, good fight. 
in China against a really tough opponent, and then boom, right into his championship fight in November. And we were talking about you know different things, how he's feeling, blah blah blah. And he called it back in August, man, or maybe September, like I was saying that he's like, I'm feeling I'm gonna finish it with an elbow. He didn't say spinning elbow, but he uh, called the elbow for sure because he was kind of just feeling elbows. He's been drilling them a lot, and they looked sharp in training. And you could kind of tell, like anyone that at least I was training with him, you know. Crudam that was doing the pad, you could tell like all his elbows are there's something about it right now. I don't know if it was just a mindset he was in or just because they constantly been focusing on it. But in sparring, obviously, you're not really throwing a lot of elbows. Maybe you show, and he's got really good control. So like, I would feel comfortable with him if I was like, dude, if you want to show like even throwing whatever, like I trust him throwing knees and elbows to where he's not going to slice me up, uh, and vice versa. But again, it's not something that you can really implement live too much so to be able to to feel it on the pads and then throw it right in a fight perfect timing and a knockout just it was awesome to see so we were just kind of talking about that a little bit i thought it was funny i wanted to give him some credit for kind of having the foresight on that so anyways that ties back into the kickboxing bam again we have these kind of focused uh plans with intentions and uh did that got my six rounds in for that part of it and then i did six rounds of just straight up mobility um going through different hip flexor movements, working with a foam roller. I have this little pin pad. I don't even know what it's like officially called, but basically imagine um, little, little needles, uh, but they're plastic. They're not actually going to like cut you or anything. And it's laid on a mat and you can just lay on it. And believe it or not, just the sense, I guess is like, it's, it's supposed to be a neurological stimulation and maybe increase blood flow from what my basic understanding of it is, but it actually feels pretty good. And uh, I was doing some mobility with that and with the foam roller. So yeah, feeling good, going to uh, dive back into this work in a little bit, but I wanted to just get today's kind of update podcast, what's going down, that I'm going to be teaching tonight at F45, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm uh, debating on what time to get down there to see if I'm going to do my strength training before I teach or if, depending on one of the cl- sometimes if it's not a huge class, depending on the evening or not, um, I might even work out with or do the workout myself if no one's like there or if I have time in between. So um, I might just do a workout after one of my classes. So we will see. And yeah, guys, that's pretty much it. I'm going to jump back into my uh, fighter guide research for memory rescue and brain function and performance. And uh, I'm excited. You guys are going to like this one. So regardless if it's on the top of your mind right now or not, I highly, highly recommend check out the fighter's guide when it's up. And it's going to be very, very helpful. And if you have questions, obviously reach out to me. I'm going to put a bunch of links and resources and tools and things that you can get in the actual article itself. And um, I'm also excited. I'm waiting to hear back from the uh, content manager over at Muay Thai Guy and Knock Muay Nation so I can kind of figure out what articles I'm going to get started with, um, interviews or just covering some different topics of health, nutrition, exercise, or from a fighter perspective myself. Uh, proposed a couple ideas and I want to see what we come back with. And Yeah. I'll catch you guys later, everybody. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.